Hey guys, I'm Ethan, co-host of the Shield Wall Podcast. First off, thank you guys so much for listening. I wanted to ask all of you who enjoy our content to subscribe and comment wherever you listen. Follow us on social media, we're on all major platforms. If you have any episode suggestions or questions, definitely shoot us an email at shieldwallministries at gmail.com. Welcome to the Shield Wall Podcast, where tempered men are formed. Hello and welcome, noble shield wallers. I am Seth Dean. You have not heard my voice since the beginning of the year, and you've probably been wondering, hey, why haven't I heard that guy's voice since the beginning of the year? And if you haven't, thanks. Really appreciate how much you care. However, it is my unfortunate duty to let you know that I have stepped down from shield wall podcast not because we've gotten into fights and have clawed each other's eyes out and acted like you know those girls on that one talk show where they just kind of like pull each other's hair and slap each other and like spit in each other's face because yeah you know reasons but it's not like that at all in fact we're still friends i'm giving the guys advice behind the scenes about audio quality and how to do podcasts things like that meanwhile just to let you know I had been praying about what God wanted me to do, and he showed me that I needed to structure my family. So that involved giving things up that I found that were important in my life that aren't important right now. One of those things is the Shield Wall podcast and leading a Bible study. I know you may think, Seth, you you should just like keep doing those things because those sound like good things that you're doing for God. But if God tells you not to be doing something, even if you think it's something that you should be doing for God, then you need to stop it and you need to focus on the thing that he is setting you to focus on. And that is my family. So does that mean I'm going to stop contributing at all to the podcast? No, I'm still going to be doing guest posts. I actually wrote a guest piece for the blog a couple weeks ago about why I left the church and why I had to come back. But one of the things that's been on my heart to talk to guys about specifically is regret. There are a lot of people who go through this life and they're like, oh, yeah, man, no regrets. That's the key. No regrets. And I'm like, yeah, you're stupid. I have tons of regrets. But for a Christian, man, you can kind of fall into this trap and the enemy can twist your arm and get you into this sort of um, uh, self-condemning attitude when you get saved And you're still in this sanctifying process. You're still struggling with sins. And you start reading the Bible. Like for me, I would read the Old Testament and I would see how God dealt with the nation of Israel. And in some cases, it was very harsh. But in other cases, it was very loving. But for a guy who's in sin, when he's looking at how God deals with sin, he's going to pick up on those really harsh things. And that's what I did. So I began to think that the ways that God cursed Israel were the ways that he were he was dealing with my sin in my life. And that's how he viewed me, this constant sort of, well, for Israel it wasn't constant, but this is my perspective. There was this constant sort of wrath that was focused straight in on me. So then what were some of those things that I dealt with? 
Well, I thought that because I was doing such and such, and that I had asked forgiveness and continued to do those things, then I wasn't going to have a family. I was never going to get married. That was one of my big things. Like ever since I was a kid, I mean, mom was married, dad was married. And so getting married was was awesome. It looked like the thing that I, I wanted to do. Not just, it didn't just look like it. It was definitely the thing that I desired in my life. And, and so I thought that God was sort of cursing me and saying, you cannot get married until you get this together. So I lived in this Con- condemned state of mind. Like I was never good enough for God and I was never good enough to get the things from God that I really desired. I thought he was withholding his hand from me uh, to hurt me or to punish me and, and put me in my place. Then as I continued on in this sort of overwhelmingly <laughs> depressed, condemned state and uh, and continuing to go back and forth into sin, I began to to think that God was then going to to curse me and say, "Well, you will never have children. Even if you do happen to get married, you'll never get children." But all of that was a lie. And that was designed by the enemy to obfuscate the way that I looked at God and to keep me from understanding the truth and the freedom of the gospel, the truth and the freedom of what Christ did on the cross. So what is the reality? Does God look at me the same way he looked at Israel in the wilderness, Israel during the kingship, the kingdom of Israel? How how does he he view me? Because there are a lot of, of books in the Bible that have a lot of harsh things to say for sinners. Well, the reality is Christ became our curse. And I want you to sink to let that sink in for a little bit. Christ became our curse. That's the whole point of the gospel, is that you and I are sinners, plain and simple. When you read through the book of Romans, when you read through the New Testament, the whole point is you are unrighteous. I'm unrighteous. We're in the same boat. doesn't matter how pious you are or how zealous you are. You can't make it into God's favor on your own because you're already out of God's favor. In fact, you are born out of God's favor because you have the nature of Adam in you. And that's a sin nature. The beautiful thing, though, is that the gospel is about the righteousness of God for unrighteous men. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. That's the power of of God. That's the power of the gospel. What does that mean? Well, that's where Christ comes in. Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, gives up the glory of heaven to come to earth and do the Father's will perfectly, something you and I have never been able to accomplish. He was able to fulfill the law perfectly. And therefore, when he stood in our place and said, I will take their punishment on me, and he bore our sins to the cross. He became, he became our sin. And yet while he hung there, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So there's a powerful aspect here where God's wrath in its entirety for the whole world was poured out 
on Christ in that moment. So your sins are paid for. They are atoned for past, present, and future. That is the perfection of the sacrifice of Christ. Because in Hebrews it says he just sacrificed one sacrifice and then sat down. Whereas priests in the temple and the Jewish religion, they continued offering sacrifices day after day because it wasn't good enough. For you and I, who may be Gentiles who are listening, what we think is a good offering may be not sinning a particular sin for a series of days, but it's not good enough. It's not. What is good enough is Christ, Christ's sacrifice on your behalf. I've heard it put this way by by Dr. Chuck Missler. No one will be in hell for their sins. They'll be in hell because they rejected the provision for their sins. And Christ is that provision. So believe in the name of Christ and you're saved. Well, that sounds really simple. Yes, for you, because Christ did the work. So how does that relate to you and your sinful state right now? Well, I want to encourage you because in Romans chapter 8, it starts off, and I know I'm skipping eight, I'm skipping seven books of of Romans. I get it. I've studied Romans, though. I'm not cherry picking this. You can go back and you can read Romans. I would recommend you find this archaic book, not archaic, but it's, it's an antique that I picked up on my honeymoon, and it's called A Righteousness of God for Unrighteous Men by E.J. Forrester. It's out of print, kind of hard to find, but it's really, really encouraging. It's a great exposition of the epistle of Romans. Um, But here's the encouragement. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for you, sinful man, because you are saved, because Christ paid the penalty. So what does that mean in terms of how you view your sin and how you view God viewing your sin through the lens of Israel? Well, it's difficult to look at the the, the huge picture of the gospel when you see that. You see God's um, natural disposition towards sin and rebellion, and it needs to be punished. And that makes sense to us. But let me tell you something. If you struggle with sin and you aren't perfect, welcome to humanity. Christ died for you knowing that you weren't perfect. It says he was, while you were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, didn't wait for us to be perfect. So, so just because you get saved, then That means that you, as a human being, an eternal person, you are sealed for the day of redemption. But God is still saving you. It's a process of sanctification. That means he's still working in your life. He hasn't rejected you. You don't get adopted into the family of God to be rejected out of the family of God. You're sealed, and he loves you, and he's going to build you up. So if you continue on in a particular sin, does that mean that the earth is going to swallow you up like it did some in the camp of Israel? Like, swallow them up alive. They went down to Sheol alive when the earth opened up because of their rebellion. Does that, does that apply to you? No. Why? Well, 
Look at it this way. The earth swallowed Christ. He went down to the grave on your behalf. Christ became that aspect of God's wrath and punishment for your sin for you. So now, there's no condemnation for you if you were in Christ because you died with Christ. Well, you're like, well, Seth, I don't feel like I died. But you did. You did die with Christ. In a spiritual way, you died with Christ and you were raised to life again with him. So now you get to share in these spiritual blessings. This is the law of life, as Paul calls it in the next verse. This is the spirit of God that works in you, regenerates your dead spirit, and breathes new life into your spirit so that you are a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. Well, you may say, Seth, I don't feel like a new creation. I feel like the same old man sometimes, waking up, continuing to struggle, and it's discouraging. Well, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense because a lot of people have gone through it. I've gone through it. But I want you to be encouraged that you are a son of God, a child of God. Paul goes on to talk about you being adopted. You can cry out to God in, the, in this language, Abba, Father. Abba, it means daddy. And while that isn't appealing to some of us to be like, I don't know if I can call God daddy. He's trying to tell you the intimacy of the relationship that you have with God. I have a daughter now, and I try to protect her to the best of my ability, and I provide for her needs, even when she can't provide those needs for herself. Do I have to feed her? Yes. Does my wife have to feed her? Yes. Does she cry sometimes and she doesn't know why? Yes. Do I know why? Sometimes yes. Most of the time, yes. Usually involves food or a nap or a diaper. But does she understand this? She's probably starting to pick up on it. She's growing. Now, is every door in the household open? No, absolutely not. In fact, we have had to construct barriers to keep her safe. Because we hate her? No, because we love her. Jesus, when he talks about God the Father, you can rely on your relationship with God the Father in the same intimate terms that he uses because you are a child of God. When he says in Matthew that, that the Jewish men, if they have a, a child that comes up to them and asks for bread, do you give them a stone? No. If they ask for fish, do you give them a serpent? No. And he says, how, how much more, if you guys are evil... How much more will your heavenly father who is good give you good gifts to those who to those who ask him? So you are a child of God. And when you go and you ask God for something, Lord, I know I'm not prepared right now. I know I'm not ready. I want to be married. I want to enjoy marriage, the love of a woman, the responsibility and role that you have placed in my heart as a man to enjoy and to, to step into and the life that I'm being called to give up. I want those things because that's in my heart. You can go to God and you can ask him for that. Is the answer, yes, right now, look over there? Probably not, but God hears you. 
And I believe it will honor that. Now, for you who struggle and you believe that God's withholding his hand because you've been sinning an awful lot, well, there may be some truth to that. You may actually be in direct rebellion to God. So what do you do? Do you condemn yourself? Do you flog yourself? Do you do you grope up the stairs praying the rosary every step and withhold all pleasures of life from yourself? No. You need to pray. And you need to say, Lord, I am struggling in this area of my life. Whether that be, Lord, I'm angry all the time. Or, Lord, I cannot stop lying. Or, Lord, I cannot, cannot keep my eyes from looking lustfully at women. Whatever that may be, you need to go to God and say, Lord, this is what I'm dealing with. And I don't want to deal with it because I know it's sinful. You need to ask forgiveness for it. Lord, forgive me for being angry all the time. Forgive me for holding grudges. Forgive me for my pride. Forgive me for this. Then you need to pray this. God, please show me, teach me what I need to know to have victory in this. Teach me how to be obedient. Wow. You mean I can go and ask God to show me things? Yeah. You don't have to know the proper prayer. There really isn't a proper prayer outside of the Lord's prayer. But that's also a model of prayer. You can go to God and be honest and say, I don't know. And if you can do that, awesome. Great job. Because you're not supposed to know. God's teaching you every step of the way, every day. So, does that mean go through life with no regrets? Well, it definitely means that you look at life differently. You look back at your sins and you realize they don't condemn you. Are there consequences that will that will follow you? Yes. But that doesn't mean you're hopeless. That doesn't mean that here on earth you're going to be miserable. It doesn't mean that here on earth God's withholding his hand from you. That just means that back then you were a sin, sinner living a sinful life and that God is still doing a work in you. Back when I was a teenager, I did stupid things. Now that I'm 30 years old, I do different stupid things. The difference is, though, that I know God in a more intimate way now because of his work in my life, because he's taken my stupidity, my sinfulness, where I've missed the mark, where I have willfully disobeyed, and in many cases, he's disciplined me, but in many cases, he's taught me, as a loving father would, how to continue on without looking back. Without looking back and saying, this is going to determine where I'm going to. The only place in your past that determines where you're going to is the cross that Jesus hung on and the empty tomb where Jesus came out of it. Because Christ is coming back. That's where you're headed to. You are headed to eternal glory with him.
And every step of the way from here till then, God will never leave you. Christ will never forsake you. He will not leave you as an orphan. He's given you his Holy Spirit to condemn you. No, to give you life and life abundant. So gentlemen, until next time, hold the line. Thank you for listening to the Shield Wall Podcast. Our goal is to glorify Christ and strengthen the hearts of men. We've got more episodes on the way, so if you liked what you heard, subscribe and share. For more info and articles, visit our website, shieldwalldiscipleship.org. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Shield Wall Discipleship. Thanks again, and until next time, hold the line.